0: The Best in Class podcast is here. Thanksgiving Day edition with JoeBucksFan.com draft guru Sean Sullivan. He is here to run through his thoughts on the Buccaneers from this past week and the state of the team and run through the rest of the NFL looking at young players and the draft picks that uh, you stop following. But Sean watches them every step of the way. It's all presented by Bill Curry Ford. Check out their amazing offer right now that you won't find at any other Ford dealership. It's a great 0% finance deal. Sean will tell you about it. Enjoy. Here's Sean. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Best in Class with Sean Sullivan at Bill Curry Ford, the home of the giant. So if you're looking for a deal for your Black Friday event, Come this week, we have 0% for 72 months on all-new F-Series through the end of the year. And by the way, that's an exclusive offer from the Curry family. Again, you have now sat down to listen to Best in Class with Sean Sullivan. All right, so we're going to hit the website first, wherever you are. Jump on your phone, jump on your laptop, jump on your desktop. Go into BillCurryFord.com, see all of our amazing uh, specials. I'm looking forward to so many things this holiday season. One of them is watching good football from good teams. Uh, Unfortunately, we don't get that with the Buccaneers, but we sure get an A for effort, don't we? We are definitely a team that gets an A for effort. We have moral victories, uh, and that's what we have. We don't get to win. We had to go out and get Tom Brady to win and Bruce Arians we had to get the best there's there has ever been at quarterback to actually win for us. It's crazy. And then we almost ruined his career and had the worst season uh, of his career with uh, Todd Bowles as his head coach. So interestingly enough, I'm collecting my thoughts right now. I'm having everyone get ready for their Thanksgiving tomorrow. I just listened to Lee, uh, DeKemper and his ramble on about Yaya's usage, which we'll get to, uh, which I know Steve probably gets a, a big kick out of, but, um, Breaking into this Buccaneers-49ers game, we lost 27-14. We had an opportunity to make it pretty close. We, we had an opportunity to get within a score, um, and we dropped a touchdown pass, of course. And then we dropped another touchdown pass, of course, because that's what we do. Um, and then um, we turned it over on downs, and then we couldn't score again. So uh, that pretty much sums up the entire effort of the day. And Joe Bucks fan listeners and best-in-class listeners, you'll, you'll back me up on this. The coaching difference between watching the 49ers coach and watching their players play and how organized and how the plays are designed and how well they're designed, and then you watch the box, and it just looks like we're always – um, we're never on equal footing with the teams that we play. I feel like they always have an advantage. It, it's just very strange. Ian Beckles mentioned it in his podcast. He was talking about the front office of the Bucs and the front office of the 49ers and how it doesn't appear to be the same. It's, it's, it's definitely a different feeling. I'm going to talk to the Glazers here directly. So to the Glazers, where are your marketable players? What do you have as a franchise owner, right, of, of a billion-dollar company and every team has marketable players, um, where T like TV's interested in them, or the NFL Network's interested in them, or fantasy football players um, are interested in them. Who are our marketable players? We have zero, we have none. So a left tackle and a safety isn't going isn't going to get anybody's attention. It's just not. I mean, yes, do we love them as football players? But yes, yeah, we have nobody. You need to blow this team up. And I, and I mean from top to bottom. Get rid of all of these guys that are calling it in. And, I, and, you, and we're going to go through the secondary in a minute. Why we, we have the worst ranked secondary in the NFL for $100 million. So bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. And we need to blow it up, and we need to get uh, a Drake May, a Caleb Williams, uh, right now Jalen Daniels. Bo Nix right now is a is is big one right now on everybody's mind. He's moving up the draft boards. We need to put a face on the side of Tampa Stadium that people are going to be wanting to come to see. Make it entertaining. Let's either be a, a team that scores a lot of points or a team that has a devastating defense. We have neither. We have a defensive head coach that has a terrible defense. It's last and pass defense. It's okay against the run. We make terrible decisions at all times. We're completely out coached in the second half of every game. So if Todd Bowles' strength is defense and the defense is the worst and one of the worst in the NFL, then where are his strengths? His strength is not going to be on the offensive side of the ball or even managing a game because I I can get into a long thing about how he manages the football game. It's not good. Uh, He also, again, doesn't bring – people to the to the stadium we need a lightning rod and we need to bring bucks fans to the stadium one of the reasons why other teams bring such high um high people to our like i mean high amount of people to our stadium is because they're following their teams where they have stars our team is boring it's like watching paint dry watching us move the ball on offense or watching us play defense where quarterbacks get perfect ratings against us and rookie quarterbacks set 113-year records against us, it's annoying. It gets to be ridiculous. I, I'm literally listening to a fantasy football podcast where they're saying, if if you have any player that starts against the Bucks defense, play them this week. That's what That's what kind of joke we are around the NFL. That's our joke. We are terrible. It's just really hard to watch. If we were exciting... And we, had, and we were developing players. I would be excited about that. We have some, don't get me wrong, we have some great defensive players that we're developing. And we have a couple of guards that we're developing. But my goodness, who are we developing it on offense? I mean, is, is this our QB? Is Baker Mayfield our QB of the future? Are we going to re-sign him to a long-term deal? Is, Mike Evans looks like he's grimacing every time he catches the ball, or, or he's angry. I, I can't tell what's going on with Mike Evans. But someone has to explain to me, what our direction is. Are we just, we're just going to be mediocre. We're going to win just enough games to lose out on top quarterbacks. And this is what we did. This is why we lost for 14 straight seasons, Glazers. This is why we have long stretches that no other team has, but us, uh, when it comes to trying to, to have marketable players. Everybody said, well, the Detroit lions haven't won Sean. Yeah. But they had Barry Sanders. I mean, they were, they, they play every Thanksgiving. They, they had a great fan base. They, they, they were fun to watch right? Even when they had terrible quarterbacks, they were still putting up 30 points a game. I mean, yeah, they're giving up 31, but they were at least fun to watch. The Cleveland Browns, really, their defense is, is out of this world. I mean, it, it's really, watching Miles Garrett and that team of guys play, it's pretty incredible to watch, but what, what, we have nothing to put our hat on here. I have some notes I'm going to go over with you guys on this game, and, and then we're going to move on. We're just going to talk about our rookies, but uh, Yaya Abdiabi, Had uh, two more sacks in this game playing part-time. Just to give you um, a breakdown of Yaya. So Yaya is second in sacks and second in tackles for loss in all defensive rookies. Playing part-time. Apparently, Todd Bowles says he doesn't know our defense. And that's why he's not in the field. And that's why he misses four quarters. He plays plays limited snaps. It makes no sense. He literally is second in sacks and second in tackles for loss. Playing a limited amount of snaps. Maybe you should think about getting him on the field with your 4-6 and six football team. Maybe that would be a good idea. I don't, I don't know. I'm not a coach. But I would think, logically speaking, that would be the right thing to do is get him on the field if he continues to be unblockable. You don't put Reggie White on the sideline because you don't like the third-down defense, right? Or, you know, or do you want to play at two safeties? Or, or, I mean, give me a break. Get your best players on the field. I mean, I'm looking for Joe Tryon, and, and I was looking for what he contributed. Oh, he contributed zero tackles in the game. Zero. That's, a, that's a, the same thing that we're doing for, zero, for 72% right now in the Ford F-153 December through the end of the year. No other Ford dealer in the country is doing that. The Currys are buying down that rate to get 0% for its customers to help you uh, with the high interest rates that are going on right now. Zero tackles for Joe Tryon. Uh, the conservative offense, until we're behind, uh, that's a complete Todd Bowles thing. That, I don't blame anybody but Todd Bowles. It's ridiculous. You have an offense that can move the ball. We wait till we get two touchdowns behind, then we start moving the ball. You watch them when we couldn't even run a two-minute offense because our guys couldn't stop committing penalties. This, de- this team is undisciplined. It makes no sense, and I, I'm not going to listen to any excuses that we have a new offense and a new offensive coordinator. I'm going to go over some many examples in the, in the NFL today where guys stepped in off the bus, you know, or were selling insurance and then now are, are putting up 30 points in the NFL. And in an offense they learned, you know, on the bus ride over on a napkin, right? It, it, I'm so tired of eight weeks in, nine weeks in, through preseason, through the off season, and our guys still don't know the defense. Are you kidding me right now? Todd, please stay away from the microphone please do not go to any more press conferences. I know it's required, but you don't have to answer any more questions because none of your answers make any sense. How does your player not know the defense? How do your defensive backs not know where they're supposed to be this far into the season? There's something wrong. The first half kneeling is embarrassing. When you have three timeouts and you have time left on the clock and you kneel, no other team does this, Todd. This is 2023. Every team tries to score you're basically telling your offense you suck you suck you suck you can't do anything you have no plays I'm taking it out of your hands we're gonna go ahead and kneel and bow to our opponent and say you are better we're so sorry we can't move the ball on you we're gonna go ahead and pack it in it's ridiculous enough enough with the playing like like that it's it's I there's words I want to use but I want to keep the podcast clean enough with that kind of uh, of management, right? No more first-half kneeling instead of trying to drive the ball for points. You had a field goal kicker that kicks 56-yard field goals. Try to get in field goal range at the end of halves like the other 31 teams try to do. I already touched on this worst secondary in the NFL. We're ranked 32nd. If there were more teams, we would be ranked 34th, 35th, 36th. We're absolutely awful. Brock Purdy had a perfect rating against us. Not to mention that my favorite quarterback, C.J. Stroud, who was number one in my draft last year. Who I told everybody to draft. I told Jason Light, please throw whatever it takes to get him. Nobody listens. He goes to the Houston Texans. He comes in, and he sets a, a 100-year-old record against the Bucks with the most passing yards in history uh, for a rookie. Um, um, so uh, that's what we've done. We've, we've now become Mike Smith. We have now, we have now actually become worse than Lovey Smith and Mike Smith in, in, as a defense. Congratulations, because that took some work, because those guys set the worst NFL records in history, and we're right behind them. Uh, third down defense, we don't have a third down defense. We should just come off the field and just let him score. Skip the middleman, right? Because it's a waste of time to watch you play on it. I wanted to take this time to introduce the Bucks to George Kittle. So George Kittle, for those of you who don't know who he is, is one of the top tight ends, top three tight ends in the NFL. Catches a lot of balls when he's healthy, very dominant player, um, great red zone target. Apparently the Bucks don't know who he is. He's just running wide open, play after play after play. And when I say wide open, I mean it would be like me guarding him. I would be close to him, I guess, at the snap. And then about one second after the snap, he would be down the field. That's pretty much how we played him. We played him like a 50-year-old car guy would play him. Congratulations on that terrific uh, defensive prowess is not knowing one of the top tight ends in the NFL, and then knowing that you are, don't do well against tight ends, historically, let's put the worst linebacker that we possibly can on him in pass coverage. It also makes sense. There's this other guy named McCaffrey, right? So McCaffrey leads the NFL in catches from a running back. Oh, he also is, leads the NFL in red, to, at red zone targets, meaning that when they're in the red zone, McCaffrey is going to be targeted either by the run or the pass, right? Now, this is stuff that my children can learn, not professional defenses, but children can read this and say, oh, McCaffrey is the best NFL player in the red zone. I don't know. Maybe we should guard him in the red zone. I mean, that would be my thing. It wouldn't be like, let's put Devin White on him and let Devin White try to run, run with him like um, foot for foot. I mean, I have no idea what the, right, what, what the right expression is, but let's not do that. Listen, if you're near the red zone, you, all you have to do is pay attention to McCaffrey. He put a, uh, I know that Ian Beckles was defending Devin White in the situation, saying that McCaffrey put a move on that, that he had never seen, except that we weren't within 10 yards of him. I mean, we weren't even close to him. Like Brock Purdy said, it was like throwing in practice. I mean, you, you, you got a guy talking crap about us, Who's, who's, you know, who's got milk still under his, on his mouth, right, from where he drinks milk. He's a child. He's, been, he's played 11 games in the NFL. He started 11 games in the NFL, I think, right now. He's played in 17 total games. I think he started 11. And he's sitting there making fun of a guy that's asking for $100 million. And, and I don't get it. I, and if, if it's not Devin White's fault, if it's the defensive scheme's fault, then I apologize to Devin White. I personally would not put Devin White on McCaffrey one-on-one at the end zone. I would have most likely Levante David if he, if he, when in this game when he was healthy. Or I'd put a safety on him because some of the, the like what they're doing with Travis Kelsey in Kansas City, they're putting a safety on Travis, and, he's, and the safeties are able to, to run better with him than, on, say, a linebacker or a defensive lineman. I'm not sure what it is, but I would have had a plan. I wouldn't have just went out there and go, you know what? McCaffrey, you can run free at the red zone. Uh, George Kittle, you can, you, there's not a person on the TV screen but you when you catch the ball. These defensive breakdowns are, they're, they're beyond incompetent. They're, you should fire someone for these. It has nothing to do with personality, whether I like the guy or not. You cannot operate a job and be this bad at it and then keep your job. You have a defense that, that is highly paid and you have veterans everywhere, right? You have a Pro Bowl, um, all pro safety, right? You have a Pro Bowl linebacker, Levante David should be a Pro Bowl. I should have made nine Pro Bowls. You have uh, possibly the best defensive tackle in the league. You just drafted another tackle next to him. Trying I'm trying to understand. You just signed you signed Davis to a a long-term mega deal that made him a top 10 corner and then you just signed to a 56 million dollar deal. So basically you have all this money tied up, and none of them are performing. And I, I want to know when, what time a defensive player is going to come out and say it's, it's Todd Bowles' scheme. And then the Mike Evans thing, I touched on that. I don't know what's wrong with Mike Evans. Every time he catches the ball, he's, he looks angry. It looks like um, he's having a career year. I don't know what, he, I don't know what he's trying to say. He's, he's catching more balls and touchdowns. He's second in touchdowns in the NFL. Um, he's on pace to have his best season yards-wise. I have no idea what he has to be mad about. But there obviously looks like he's either hurt – because he grimaces or he 's just upset with himself or because he 's such a competitor I, I really don 't know i 'd love to ask him The only last note I want to talk about is uh, Fred Warner um, that 's a real linebacker, so I feel like you know Devin White wants to be a top paid linebacker. You need to watch film of Fred Warner. I think you should sit down and watch film of him and see what and, and watch what he does he doesn 't get blocked he he absolutely dominates the line of scrimmage. He makes physical plays to intimidate the other team. He makes tackles for loss. He's, a, he's just a great linebacker. That's a guy that's going to get paid. I, I just think it's worth watching. Kalijah Kansi, as I said, he had no t- no tackles in this game, but he was getting a lot of attention from the 49ers. And the interesting thing is the 49ers shifted all of their stuff inside because they weren't scared of any outside rush. They, you know... um. Nobody was getting to the quarterback, and that's a thing except for Yaya. And uh, the ins- all of our pressure comes from the inside, which is really, um, you know, interesting. Cody Mock, um, I think, had his best game absolutely as a rookie. I thought he played lights out. We talked about Diaby. He had four tackles, uh, two sacks, uh, and three tackles for loss. Servassier Dennis out of Pittsburgh, he had three tackles in the game. Payne Durham um, out of Purdue, he had two catches, but, man, he – he makes a huge difference in blocking. He's, he's just doing a good job there. Kansas State defensive back Josh Hayes got in the game. He had five tackles. Nebraska wide receiver Trey Palmer had four catches for 22 yards. As far as the 49ers are concerned, J.R. Brown, uh, who was their second-round draft pick, had four tackles and a pick in the game. On, on um, Let me see. In Michigan, uh, Jake Moody, who was, again, a third-round pick at the end of the third round, went two for two. He's had a pretty up-and-down uh, deal. But overall, Baker Mayfield didn't play bad, but you know, he could have had four picks in the game. But he got lucky. He only had one pick. He made some great throws, and he got let down by his receivers. Uh, I'm going to be moving on, but that was just really tough. And I knew going in that Bucs aren't going to win, right? You, you tech, you know, you're just looking at the other team, it's better, right? We were not expectations. Like my expectations were, let's just play a solid game. And we didn't. We didn't play a solid game. Uh, we had a chance. Um, but we dropped the balls and, and then, you know, we had that stupid fumble and then defensively we were just just got awful. I mean, not only that, have you guys noticed that the Bucks, the possession wise, the Bucks will get one possession in the first quarter, possibly two possessions because we allow their offense to be on the field for basically the entire first quarter? It's happened multiple times. It's not just in a 49ers game where we just – because we can't get off the field on third down, we just keep letting them go and go and go. All right, moving on, Bengals, Ravens. Uh, Ravens won 34-20. The Ravens look like a Super Bowl team. As far as the Bengals are concerned, their uh, top pick, uh, Miles Murphy out of Clemson, had two tackles in the game. Michigan uh, corner, D.J. Turner, uh, second-round draft pick, had two tackles and one tackle for loss. Um, Alabama safety, Jordan uh, Battle, Um, Their fourth round draft pick, Uh, 12 tackles, 10 solo tackles. Congratulations to Jordan Battle. Michigan punter Brad Robbins is a solid starter for them. So congratulations to the Bengals. They they got some good contribution for some guys. The Ravens, of course, Zay Flowers, one of my favorite receivers, 22 overall pick, 3 for 43. Michigan edge Tavarius Robinson, pick number 124, three tackles and one sack in the game. Uh, Baltimore doesn't have a lot of rookies playing. They, got a, they have a very veteran team, very well-coached team. Quarterback's playing really well. Watch out for those Ravens. Uh, I know I have a lot of Ravens listeners. Uh, Steelers and Browns. Steelers uh, uh, lost this game 10-3. to And yes, I watched every snap. And yes, it, it, it was an awful game to watch. Defensively, the Browns are just outstanding. But the Steelers, it was, just, it was rough to watch. Pittsburgh Steelers, Broderick Jones is playing well. He was um, out of Georgia. Penn State, Joey Porter Jr., four tackles, one pass defense. He was a 32nd overall pick. Wisconsin defensive tackle, uh, Keno Benton, it was number 49 overall, four tackles in this game, playing some solid defensive tackle for them. Darnell Washington, uh, Georgia tight end, one of my absolute favorite tight ends for blocking and catching. He's just a stud. They threw him the ball one target, one, one catch for eight yards. Last week, one target, one catch for 13 yards. Week before, Two targets, two catches, twenty three yards. Uh, there's a pattern here. Throw him the ball. Kenny Pickett, for goodness sakes. The guy's awesome. Get him the ball. Uh, it's just it's just insane that you, you have Pickett and then you have General Washington and then you now you have Johnson and now you have um um you had Najee and, and it just for goodness sakes you have you have talent around you. Distribute the ball. Man, that's frustrating to watch. Uh, Wisconsin edge Nick Herberg. Um, who was uh, number pick 132 overall, had two tackles. He was the star. Um, He's now getting some playing time. He was the star of preseason. He had like six sacks for Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, The Cleveland Browns, um, there's really nobody other than UCLA quarterback uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who started for them, Pick number 140. Uh, Went 24 for 165 yards, and he had a pick in the game. I didn't think he played exceptionally well. I thought he was very ho-hum. He had a couple of first-down runs that were nice, but they ended up winning the game, so so good for Cleveland. Deshaun Watson's now out for the season. Big loss uh, to no one. He's a scumbag, and he hasn't played well, so good riddance. Bears and Lions. uh, The Lions rallied in the last 40 seconds of the game to win 31-26. This was a great game to watch. I loved it. Starting. Let's talk about the Bears real quick, what they're going to do. So, Justin Fields came back in this game. I think everyone knows how I feel about Justin Fields. I think he's an excellent quarterback out of Ohio State. Um, he was my favorite quarterback of that year. He had an excellent game. I think, he, you know, he ran for 104 yards, threw for almost 300 yards, almost single-handedly kept them in the game. Um, the Bears are going to have the number one overall pick and uh, because they have the Carolina Panthers pick. I'm thinking, what do you do, you know, with Caleb Williams? So Caleb Williams, the quarterback at USC, is my favorite prospect that I have ever watched. I have ever studied in in all of the years that I've studied players, and I, that goes way back. Um, he's he's just got something special, and I, I he to me he reminds me of of a, a more mobile Patrick Holmes. Um, Mahomes. Mahomes, I, I just I, I feel like that. The Chicago Bears have an opportunity to get Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison, Marvin Harrison Jr. What a difference that makes. And then you have to trade Justin Fields. And if I'm the Atlanta Falcons, I'm all over that deal. Uh, because Justin Fields fits exactly what the Falcons are trying to do. But I know that's just um, a, a bunch of uh, nonsense at this point. But I'm just really interested to see what the Bears are going to do with that pick. I think the Bears, if they stay with Justin Fields, they can get three number one picks for Caleb Williams. I think that that's what the NFL is going to think of him. I think that could happen. So let's get into some stuff. The Tennessee Darnell Wright, the 10th overall pick uh, for the Bears, has played well. Tyreek Stevenson, the number 56 pick out of Miami corner, uh, four tackles in the game, one pass defense. Tyler Scott out of Cincinnati, uh, pick number 133. The Bears, um, a costly fumble, had a catch in the game as well. As far as the Bears, last year's draft for the Bears was much better. You know, they got some – they got Jervin Dexter Sr. out of Florida – they got Zach Pickens out of uh, South Carolina, who were not really contributing that much. Texas running back Rashawn Johnson, he was picked number one fifteen. He had six carries for forty yards. He's had some good games. He's he's been he's been about what what we thought he was going to be. Detroit Lions, um, of course, they drafted um, with number twelve pick. They drafted who I wanted the Bucks to pick: Jameer Gibbs, Alabama running back, who was. Um, Basically, just a star player. Um, He had eight carries for 36 yards and a touchdown. That touchdown run was awesome. It was incredible. He added 56 receiving yards uh, on on like four catches. It was pretty cool. Uh, Iowa linebacker Jack Campbell, number 18 pick. Detroit got so much criticism for drafting a slow-plotting linebacker to Iowa. He had nine tackles in the game. And uh, he's just a phenomenal talent. And he's, he's he has a nose for the ball. And boy, did Detroit know what they were doing drafting him. Sam Laporta, the Iowa tight end, number pick number 34, had two catches for 18 yards. Alabama defensive back Brian Branch uh, did not play, but he's going to be a star player for the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions, for three years in a row, have the best – besides the Jets, they have drafted absolutely just stunning. Just player after player is a winner. Chargers-Packers. Packers won this game 23-20. Uh, the Chargers, uh, Quentin Johnson, number 21 overall pick out of TCU, had two catches for 21 yards. And, th- and remember, they have, they have players out, and he still can't catch anything. Um, he was a guy that I really questioned after the, um, the NFL draft combine. I went over that in my best-in-class. He, um, he surprised me. He should have done better in some of those uh, all-star games. I, f- I felt like his hands weren't terrific. He hasn't put it together yet. I mean, receivers, some of them can be, yes, day one starters. Some of them take a little bit of development. You know, he might still develop, but he's, he's not moving very fast. Uh, USC linebacker um, Tui Tula-Potoa, good luck with that one. Pick number 54, three, three uh, tackles, a tackle for loss. Um, Jordan Love has played well in two games for the Packers, so congratulations to Jordan Love. He threw for 300 yards and no picks two games in a row. That is some pretty good quarterback play from him. Uh, uh, Lucas Van Ness uh, out of Iowa. He was the, the guy that didn't start for Iowa, that was drafted number 13 overall, had two tackles on the day, no quarterback brushers. Oregon State tight end Lucas Musgrave, uh, 42th pick in the draft, which is second round, four for 28 yards. Michigan State wide receiver Jalen Reed, a second-round pick for uh, Green Bay, four for forty six. That guy has been an absolute stud for three weeks in a row. So Jalen Reed looks like the real deal. South Dakota State uh, tight end Tucker Kraft. we talked about him in the in the uh, podcast. Had two catches for 32 yards. Um, I really love him as a player. Got his first touchdown catch uh, in the NFL. Um, and then Virginia wide receiver Donovan Don Wicks, which was a guy that was linked to the Bucks uh, in the draft, number one fifty nine overall. Had three catches for 91 yards. This was his breakout game. So if you look at what Green Bay has done, they got uh, besides Lucas Van Ness, which he hasn't produced, so I mean, I still think thirteenth overall pick for a guy that didn't start on his college team is is really tough. But um, Musgrave is, has been solid. Jalen Reed looks like a star. Tucker Craft is going to be great. Uh, and Dontanivan Wicks at, at pick one fifty nine. I mean, if you think about that, that's a fourth round draft pick. You know, and he, and he, it looks like he might actually get some starting some starting minutes. So congratulations on that. Um, moving on to the Raiders and the Dolphins. The Dolphins won twenty to thirteen not really much to talk about here. We'll actually let's start with the Raiders. So the Texas Tech edge Tyree Wilson was the number 7th overall pick. Was supposed to be this great pass rushing talent. Had two tackles. Right now Yaya Diaby looks like a much better pick than Tyree Wilson. Notre Dame tight end Michael Mayer, one of my favorite tight ends for receiving in this in this draft, not for blocking, four catches, 46 yards. Cincinnati wide receiver Trey Tucker, the 100th overall pick, two catches for 36 yards. And then of course Purdue um, QB Aiden O'Connell. The 135th pick, which, as you know, is a fifth-round draft pick, went 24-41 for 271 yards in a TD. That's all good, but he threw three picks. So typical rookie. C.J. Stroud's not a, not a typical rookie, obviously. Aiden O'Connell, a guy that had some hype coming into the preseason, just had a tough game. Uh, the Dolphins, really, the only person to talk about is, is A-Chain, Devon A-Chain. He got in the game, got hurt again, he's out. Which was the M.O., can a guy his size make it and take up the pounding of the NFL and so far, the, the answer is when he plays, he's great. But how often is he going to be able to play? Next game, Giants and Commanders. Uh, Giants won this game going away 31-19. Tough game uh, all around. I want to point on the Giants' Thibodeau. Kayvon Thibodeau is a guy we talked about last year that should have been the number one overall pick, but he fell down the boards because he failed a lot of psychology tests and he failed a lot of interviews with coaches. He was out of Oregon. The Giants absolutely stole him. Uh, right now, these are his stats. Uh, 17 tackles, 10.5 sacks. Um, ten and a half sacks, that's correct uh, If you think about that We are 11 games into the season He has ten and a half sacks I mean, if, if I didn't know better He's approaching a territory Where he could break the all-time sack record uh, In a season That's where he's at right now Tommy DeVito, who's basically a, a UFA Illinois quarterback, uh, rookie For the Giants this is what he did. He threw for three touchdowns. Congratulations. On this season, he's 506 in yards, six TDs, and three interceptions. His QBR is 20.6. He beat the Washington Redskins. So, this was his best game that he played. Congratulations to him and his family. I heard he still lives with his parents. Uh, that's a tough one. So, for those of you guys who are talking about how it takes nine weeks plus an offseason plus preseason to learn an offense, Tommy DeVito basically is a rookie off the streets, never done anything. Uh, has had the same amount of time, just threw for three touchdowns and won a game uh, for his team. Uh, this, is what I'm, this is the kind of stuff I'm talking about. How, no other teams need all this time to get plays down and understand defenses and offensive philosophies. Um, there's really nobody else I want to go over in that game. As far as uh, Cowboys and Panthers, Cowboys won 33-10. to This was a joke of a game. Brandon Aubrey, uh, who is the kicker for the uh, Dallas Cowboys, I'm only bringing up a kicker because he's a rookie and he hasn't missed a kick. He's perfect on the season at 100%. Um, he's, in, he's the only kicker at 100%. So, congratulations to Brandon Aubrey. Michigan uh, defensive tackle Mozzie Smith had a tackle in the game. He's a 26 overall pick for the Cowboys to help him with run defense. Uh, Michigan tight end Luke Schumacher had two for 23 in a TD. Uh, um, really like him a lot. And, uh, you know, obviously Jake Ferguson I like a lot, which was out of. Uh, wisconsin last year texas linebacker devarian overshone didn't really play in this game but i think it's a guy to keep an eye on carolina panthers bryce young number one overall pick again they don't listen to my podcast 123 yards one td and one interception uh mississippi wide receiver jonathan mingo had a catch in the game but that's pretty much it for the panthers uh titans jaguars uh jaguars won this game 34 14 over the titans um Will Levis had a decent game. He only threw 17 passes, but completed 13 of them for 158 yards and two touchdowns and no interceptions, 143 quarterback rating. So, um, you know, it's a solid day for Will Levis, but they got behind quick and couldn't catch up. And um, Ty J. Spears was a non-factor in the game because King Henry was running the ball. As far as the Jackson Wolf Jaguars, there's no players I want to talk about, but a solid week for Will Levis. But, again, not spectacular, just like we thought. He'd have these spectacular games, and now he's been off for three weeks in a row. That's pretty much how it was at Kentucky. Cardinals Texans uh, Texans won twenty one sixteen. C J Stroud, the number two overall pick, three thirty six and two TDs. He threw three interceptions in the game, which totaled his, which was one more than he had thrown the whole season combined. But still won this game. One of them was off the hands of the receivers. The other two were just bad reads on on his part. So um, he's got some work to do on that. But right now he is, uh, I think, the fourth overall quarterback in the entire NFL. Not for rookies, but in the entire NFL. He has the best touchdown interception ratio in the entire NFL, and I think right now he would get MVP votes if the Texans make the playoffs. You might see C.J. Stroud as your MVP. Uh, that's a real possibility. Alabama edge Will Anderson Jr., which they traded uh, next year's number one pick for, had uh, two tackles, two solo tackles, one tackle for loss, and two sacks. So he's he he must make Houston very happy. They got their edge rusher Hank uh, Hank Del, or Tank Dell out of Houston, number pick sixty nine. Eight catches, 149 in a TD. Obviously, what what you're seeing right now is you're seeing a quarterback that fell in love with this receiver, and it's been terrific for both of them. So Tank Dell, all 156 pounds of him, <laughs> that's a small guy, uh, is is staying healthy, and he's just burning defenses. Congratulations to Tank Dell. Way to fight him, guy. Alabama linebacker Henry Oto'o-Toto, uh, 167th pick overall. Again, solid play for Houston. Let's get the Jets and the Bills. The Bills won thirty-two to six over the Jets. That's a horrible game. Zach Wilson's now benched. Um, they have a new starter coming in this week, which is probably three weeks overdue. The Jets' defense is Super Bowl caliber. Um, it looks like um, if the, you know they're going to do everything they can to make the playoffs. Obviously, um, they have, might have a December uh, Christmas present. We'll see. Aaron Rodgers said he might be back in December. There's really there's no players I want to go over in that. It looks like Josh Allen had a terrific game. If he said he. And again, the Jets defense has no rollover. So uh, Josh Allen in post-game conference uh, said that he, he felt that he was back uh, to his old ways, so that's good. Um, Seahawks and Rams, my goodness, what a boring game. This was a tough game to watch. The Sea Chickens, I hate them. Um, the Rams pulled it off by a point. Um, really not much to say. There's Neither one of them have any draft picks I want to discuss. Broncos, Vikings. Uh, Broncos won uh, in a thriller 21-20. It was actually a great game to watch. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, there's no rookies to talk about in the game, but uh, Josh Dobbs obviously is the darling of the NFL right now. Here's another guy that knew the Vikings playbook a zero and has scored 20 points or more in all, in all three of his games. Uh, he's rushed for um, six touchdowns, uh, and they're 2-1 and one in his starts. That's the guy that did, learned it on a bus. But somehow he does it, but we can't. But he, he does it, though. Eagles and Chiefs. Uh, Eagles won this game. This was the most watched game of the season. Uh, it drew like uh, 20 million, thousand, trillion viewers or whatever nonsense they come up with on the Nielsen rating. 21 to 17 Eagles. Eagles are now nine and one. Chiefs are seven and three. Philadelphia Eagles uh, uh, defensive tackle Jalen Carter, the number ninth overall pick, which should have been the consensus number one overall pick, but he had a terrible act driving accident where a man was killed and he fell down the draft board, had three tackles and two tackles for loss. Georgia Edge, Nolan Smith didn't play in the game. and Jordan Davis last year's um first round draft pick out of Georgia four tackles. Um but so between Davis and Carter, what a defensive line the Eagles have. And and look at the future they have. Those guys are one and one year player, a first year player and a rookie player. Illinois defensive back, Sidney Brown, the sixty-sixth overall pick, um, had four tackles, four pass defense for the Eagles. Kansas City Basically, there's their second-round draft pick, Rasheed Rice at SMU, four catches, 42 yards. He seems to be a favorite of Patrick Mahomes, had a drop in the game. He had, so Patrick Mahomes, is, uh, Kansas City Chiefs, lead the NFL and drop passes. That's, that's rough on Patrick Mahomes. He had a two touchdown in, uh, in this game dropped, like Baker Mayfield did. Actually, Baker Mayfield had two touchdowns dropped as well. Kansas State edge uh, Felix uh, Azuma didn't really have an impact in the game. Let's see, Texas defensive uh, tackle Kendrick Coburn, which is their number uh, 194, didn't play in the game either for Kansas City. But I do want to point out that my friend, Justin Watson, who is a Bill Curry Ford customer and just an awesome human being, had a really great game, 56 yards, uh, and he had a touchdown, 19 receptions for 329 on the year. Uh, He's been solid for them. I hope they continue to give him more snaps because I think he can show what he can do. I'm proud of him. Uh, Go, Justin Watson. That concludes this week's Breakdown. I want to do a special shout out to David and Susan Costello. They're listeners of the podcast and they, they just bought three vehicles with their family with other Joe Bucks fan listeners. So between Friday and today, their family has bought three vehicles from us all thanks to Joe Bucks fan and uh, the fact that they listened to the podcast. So thank you very much. The Curry family thanks them for the business. And I wanted to especially give them a shout out because David served and uh, we thank him for his service uh, and I'm really happy. Susan's going to obviously going to continue to bring us business. She's very happy here. So congratulations to the Costello family. I'm very proud to have you as customers. All right. So follow us at bill Curry, Tampa, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, which is now X. Please visit billcurryford.com to see our amazing specials. Don't forget black Friday sale 720 zero on all F series. No other Ford store in the United States has that deal. Nobody because the Curry family is buying it down. That's their gift. Uh, for the holiday season. We're buying interest rate down to zero and you get a lifetime warranty with your purchase. You can't beat it. If you're buying an F-Series at the end of the year, buy from Bill Curry Ford. So really great stuff. I hope you enjoyed your time. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I'll see you guys next time.